0: How do we even start an episode that doesn't have 27 books?
1: Spookiness!
0: Ooh, it's almost Halloween!
1: And Marvel picked up on it. We got monsters, we got meditations on death, we've oh. got finding long-lost friends. Dun dun dun!
0: Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And
1: I'm Justin. <laughs>
0: I almost started like mid-sentence being like, should I try to do this like the Twilight Zone? And then I was like, I don't even know how to do that.
1: You're reading a comic. It's a comic you've never (laughs) seen before. It feels familiar, but at the same time different. You turn the page and there's a surprise, a reveal you've never seen. It's not a comic you recognize. It's a comic.
0: Oh, damn it. (laughs) I thought that was my mark to say welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast
1: yeah it probably should have been Eh, well just having too much fun you were really enjoying yourself i was the only reason i know why like the the makeup of the speech of the twilight zone i -hmm. I have watched some episodes some of the old stuff and then i I checked out the one by jordan peele oh yeah in the last few years but there was one time i broke my phone i dropped my phone oh no and it shattered
0: oh i was there
1: and yeah yeah (laughs) Was like, this isn't a surprise story.
0: <laughs> well, I didn't remember I, the Twilight Zone,
1: and then I well, so this is a kind of a tangent, but I had to use one of my old phones, and with that came all the memes and screenshotted conversations that Justin of three years prior thought were funny and interesting. Ah, and yes, worth keeping. So I made this you're scrolling through a phone, <laughs> and I, the Twilight phone,
0: the Twilight phone.
1: It was fun. Hey, what are we reading? What are we talking about? Okay,
0: well, today we're talking about X-Men Unlimited, number 57, Crypt of Shadows, number one, Midnight Suns, number two, X-Force, number 33, which is a Judgment Day issue, and X-Men, number 16.
1: Yeah. Hey, if you know this, there are a couple issues in on an X-Loves of Wolverine Marvel Unlimited story that I didn't mention. I only mention it now, so like maybe we'll oh. catch up for the next episode next week. We'll, we'll talk cool. about that as a story. But it ex- it actually is a narrative across the couple. It's not just like a timeline or anything. Oh, it is nice. Wolverine and Mariko Yoshida. Ooh. In their early courtship. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed it. I read that last night.
0: So, you know, before we do the comic talk, we got to do...
1: The news! The news! I thought you were going to like... I, I don't know why I forgot like what we were talking about, but I was like, what, what's happening? What's you were happening? like, what's, what's next? What's what is she on? talking
0: about? Yeah, your face was like... I was like, oh no, am I not supposed I to be intri- introducing the news? Is no, that you're good. This is great. not all right?
1: We got a bunch of new Stormbreaker comics. So the Stormbreakers were announced fairly recently, mm-hmm. but we got some character shot comic covers... From their first line of issues.
0: Oh, exciting. I
1: posted a couple on the Instagram. There was the Storm one by Federico Vicentini, who oh, we met at New York Comic Con. So dope. And then the Nightcrawler by Nick Klein. I just I love this nightcrawler.
0: Yeah, that's a super cool nightcrawler. And
1: honestly, this Cyclops by C. F. Villa was really dope. All of the yeah, destruction that's around super cool. The sentinels and whatnot. Loving last, it. Last but not least, Elena. Casa Grande with Miss Jean Grey. Ooh. Rocking that hellfire. All of
0: these are so beautiful. That's
1: why they're breaking storms. I guess that's true. There was an announcement of a new Marvel Legends figure. Get excited. Get excited. Okay. The 20th of the month, they like to reveal a new figure because it's the 20th anniversary of Marvel Legends.
0: Okay. I was about to say, what does the 20th have to do with anything?
1: Pretty boy, who is a (laughs) Reaver. (laughs) What? 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 What's going on? Pretty boy- who is one of the reavers you don't know I'll listen. of the reavers I,
0: I remember seeing this post and seeing it say something like it had you interested in in a whole something else and i was like oh here we go here we go we're going down a, a mountain here we got it we're, we're rolling in the snow we're building a snowball what my is accent this? is coming out what hard is today this? gross gross what do you mean? We're building a snowball like you're going...
1: No, I know I know that. It was more the accent.
0: Okay, don't call my accent gross. It's fake. It's not fake. It's, it's just it's lazy. Performing. It's No, it's not. It's called I'm tired and I'm not articulating properly.
1: Do you know who the Reavers are when I say the Reavers? Do you know the who the Reavers, modern Reavers are.
0: Yeah, but I know like the old Reavers are like bad guys. Yeah. And they were... Are they still also just kind of like put together by evil doctors?
1: I mean, that's that's kind of the new Reavers mentality is that, hey, these are humans that had previously been wronged by mutants in the Krakoan era, mm-hmm. and they've decided to tech up with...
0: They decided to become mutants. Right, right, basically. Techno-mutants. Yeah. Right.
1: But the original Reavers, in the late half of Chris Claremont's run... As we're getting into the Outback era, which is one of my favorite eras, include more like cybernetic melding of human and robot. Oh, cool! Right? So, Pretty Boy is Pretty especially boy. especially the figure that we see. His final form is a human head on a robot body. Okay. The Tank Centaur. Yes. That is a reaver. Yes, I Skull remember Buster, that. Even Lady Deathstrike and pierce Mm -hmm. blondie pierce they they lead the reavers
0: okay whenever i hear reavers i just think of the 100 and the reavers that are like made from mount weather so there you go for my three 100 fans that follow this podcast with me now you know where my brain goes
1: Marvel Legends, the comic, not the action figure, little little pivot. Okay. Announced a Bishop arc with Wills Portasio oh. coming back. So Wills Portasio is a co creator of Bishop. So this is
0: similar to like the Gambit arc or the patch arc?
1: Uh no, this is you know the X Men Legends the title. So yeah. less similar in the sense that it's taking place in The Past. The past. Yeah. But that's not, what I not its own miniseries. So it's it's another arc in X Men Legends, the ongoing. So it's
0: just one issue.
1: Couple issues, like two or so. Those those stories include multiple issues. Got it. But so in my
0: mind, that's what I meant by similar.
1: Ah, gotcha. (laughs) There's a feature on magic on Marvel's website. Oh really? Excited about that. Yeah. I am excited about that. Little knowledge that you could go check out and Why don't you text me that link or something? Maybe Maybe.
0: I'll read it. Maybe.
1: So we only had we had two entrants into the poll.
0: Oh. Oh, you mean two comics? Right. I was like, only two people voted. That's sad. Oh no, no, no! A
1: bunch <laughs> of people voted. Thank you all for sharing your opinions. We love the poll. It's honestly, I'd love it to just see like where other people are at and if
0: if it's the same as where we're yeah, at. If it
1: validates my opinion, or if you know, if other people ha- <laughs> feel people different ways.
0: Like, Justin,
1: no, no. We should be talking about Crypt of Shadows. Should be Mm-mm. in that lineup.
0: Oh God, I regret saying we should get that comic. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> i don't know i thought it was good but anyway anyway anyway
1: x-men 16 x-force 33 who won the vote x-men 16 obviously if
0: x-men 16 didn't win i would have to have a conversation i feel like i say this every week but i would really have to you know sit down and make a video and have a conversation with our our friends because um holy moly
1: well i mean even to that point there are still people that voted for x-force and i don't want to diminish that the no fact that, they that is a that. great comic right so I think it's it's just it's about personal preference for it's sure about for sure what storyline you're most excited about. And I feel like X-Force closing out the arc that it was currently in. Also, there's a lot of interesting philosophy conversation yes. going on in
0: there. 100%. I'm simply talking about the bomb drop at the end. And I, I do not mean to offend anyone. If your favorite comic was X-Force, then you love that comic. You and I
1: you don't need a talking to from Alicia. You,
0: you won't. <laughs> I take it back. I will not give you a talking to. Let's talk about. I'll just think about it in my heart.
1: Let's talk about (laughs) X-Men Unlimited 57.
0: Okay. So, Strong Guy and Multiple Man are just, they are having what I think is really an explosion of many years of friendship and passive aggressive behavior bottled up and uh, exploding in front of Corsair and who I'm going to call Chod. Okay? Chod. I'm going to call him Chod because I don't want to call him Chod. And, you know, they so so last issue, they lost their ship and they they've got the baby on board and they're really just trying to figure out what kind of shenanigans happened the night before.
1: Yeah, because it seems like a lot has happened. Every single person they go to
0: is basically like you're the worst are the worst. I I don't know if
1: it's you or your dupes. It's always variable as to how out of control jamie's dupes can be because Mm -hmm. you know we saw an x-corp some of them can also be scientists and they can work together in a team right but then now it's like every dupe is a debaucherous dupe
0: i feel like maybe it has to do with like where was the dupe created
1: and and then they like
0: absorb the energy of that environment too especially
1: with how stressed out he is right now on this alien planet they've lost the ship
0: if you're created in a bar and the first thing that you do is like party with you know, strong guy. Then that's gonna be that's gonna become your entire personality. Right. Like they're created for specific purposes, and then they really lean into that. But essentially, the two of them are going at it with each other. They're really upset with each other. Some dirty words are passed between the two, and Corsair and Chad are like, "All right, enough of this. You you guys need to be separated. We need to take you into separate rooms." Corsair seems actually interested about. Helping. Chad not so much. Yeah. Um and we learned that the the ship has been it's missing with the dupes. They right. took they're it.
1: Taking it on a joyride, because obviously why not?
0: Why not? And they've also taken, you know, a bunch of the Star Jammers weapons and they're just really up to no good.
1: Yeah. Gladiator's there. Gladiator's there to he's arrest. Mad. <laughs> he calls Corsair typical Corsair.
0: I love that. <laughs> So Jamie is like, I can't make any more dupes. And then instantly makes a bunch of dupes to distract. And do you see his child is flipping the bird to Gladiator.
1: That is not great. Peace amongst worlds, Gladiator. That's what you get. I don't think it's great. Writer and artist Jason Liu, colorist Antonio Fabella, letters Joe Sabino.
0: VCs Joe Sabino.
1: I like this. I think the part three X end is going to be our conclusion. So I would next assume issue. so. Yeah. Uh, I, I just I like their dynamic and I do like these two characters, uh, especially through X Factor and X Factor investigations, just really getting to learn more about their friendship and how they played off of each other. And it seems like Strong Guy feels neglected because Jamie's off doing... Big things.
0: Yes, and we did get some clarification, right? There was this question of did he accidentally have the baby on board, and it seems that his his wife is away, and right. so he's responsible for the baby. So, so he knew the whole time.
1: He's trying to be a good father, which... You know, especially in contrast to Corsair, who was never really around. And, you know, yeah. ex dads are not always so great.
0: Ex dads are not the best
1: dads. We had two general questions so oh. questions that weren't associated with any comics. And I forgot to say them before X Men Unlimited. So I'm slotting so them in right now. now. Gonzalo wants to know why do we have two weeks so full of comics and then this one? Why? And it's a good question. Like, spread the wealth out. Mm. I liked having well actually no i don't think i really did i didn't like the amount of comics that we had last week it was just overwhelming like i've never felt that distraught by looking at the comics lineup
0: you never felt that much stress about
1: what you had to read right what i had to read welcome to my life (laughs) and and now i can't even find the spider-man issue or black panther issue from last week i don't know where they went they got shuffled into some stack or somewhere and
0: oh you haven't read them yet
1: I read Spider-Man, I didn't read Black Panther, but I didn't redeem it, so I can't even read it again. It's got to be around here somewhere. I know. I just don't know where it is. I just, three issues is my ideal with some side stuff and fun. Yes. So three Krakoan issues or three X-Men-centric issues, and then give me my Spider-Man, give me my Walking Dead, give me my Something is Killing the Children. I still
0: have two Captain Carter's that I haven't read.
1: That was months ago.
0: Please. I know.
1: Don't shame me. Curls wants to know, are y'all planning on going to the Uncanny Con? I'd be going alone and can't decide.
0: (gasps) Curls, go. Yeah, we're going to go. Yeah. Totally go.
1: Yeah. So if you don't know, this is a convention put on by our friends Dylan and Chandler and Chris and Regina and Sam as a whole team all involved, putting this together as an interactive fan experience at a seemingly looking Xavier Stately Manor with... Chris Claremont and a number of voices from X-Men, the animated series and some new stuff to be announced later on as it continues to sell.
0: Yeah. So it's called the uncanny experience and it's basically like X-Men camp, you know, like you, you go, it's inside this mansion. Um, There are going to be cosplayers there. And then there's also going to be the opportunity to come in cosplay and take like really awesome photos. There's going to be panels, it's vendors. vendors. It's like a a um, a um very experiential con and it's you know I went to Conageddon which is the con for just the show The 100 and that was really catered to just big panels and then like meet and greets and photo ops and this is taking that idea of a genre specific or a title specific con and taking it to the next level where you really feel like you're immersed and you're a part of that world which is so cool and something I'm so excited about. So we will definitely be attending. We um, just
1: gotta figure out how to get there. Yeah,
0: we will figure it out, but we we will be going and we would love it if you all came with us and we're super excited for you know our awesome friends who have come up with this idea and who are putting this together. And if you've got other questions about it, you can always reach out to them. And there's also the Uncanny Experience on Instagram. And are they also on Twitter? Yep. Yeah, so you can reach out to them with other questions too. And also just follow them so you can be up on the, what's going on. But I would get your tickets soon because there is limited space. And I know their, like, Omega level has already sold out. So good question, Curls. Can't wait to hang out with you.
1: On to the Crypt of Shadows, number Ooh. one. Now... You did not read the full thing. I didn't. I did. And I thought just as a... I I always go back and forth on anthology stories, how I feel about anthology stories. But I really liked this because cool stories, different characters, monsters, monster hunters, Mm -hmm. the spooky, scary side of Marvel. But with this Tales of the Crypt framing device written by Al Ewing. And so you have this brother of Doctor Strange bringing you through the other side of Marvel that you wouldn't necessarily have seen with like he's gathering more and more of this cacophony of characters all around him being overwhelmed by all of the madness that is unlocking in these stories.
0: It's cool. I mean, the only reason I didn't read the whole thing is because I forgot that you were not going to be home until later and I was like oh god i have to read all the comics and do my notes and be ready and so i was like let me just this is a very thick comic so i was like let me just read the wolverine issue so i'll definitely go back and read them because i
1: think think you would enjoy it just as someone that likes i love monsters and halloween yeah
0: and don't get me wrong the wolverine story i i really enjoyed the art i thought it was different a different art style and for, for this like really creepy vibe, mm-hmm. I was really into it. The concept itself
1: is a little... Yeah.
0: One note, I it's, guess I'd say. It's essentially that Wolverine and Man-Thing get fight trapped forever. in the dark dimension. And they have to fight literally for millions and hundreds and millions and billions of years. Are they in the dark dimension? I thought they were. I think
1: they're just... They're just trapped in the the cyclical nature of... So they're, they're bringing up the fact Wait. that... Wait. Okay, sorry. Swampland of Valhalla of endless violence. Yeah, so it's it's really... It's just the fact that they're bringing up a part of Wolverine's character that has not been relevant for a little while and she's actually grown out of her, her trigger scent and how that... It's basically her version of a berserker rage, but has been previously used against her.
0: They are in the nexus of all realities though. Nice. So that's what where I got the dark dimension mentioned from. So they are not in just a regular dimension because the nexus of all realities continues to change as they are continuing to fight each other and then eventually the only way it will end is that this nexus will eventually combust.
1: Right. Right and, and she, like she eats man thing and is Driven crazy by it, and they just, you know, for millions and millions of years fight until the end of time.
0: I also thought it was interesting because I didn't know that Laura had this sort of like berserker trigger in her. Yeah, so Um, this is
1: a decent amount of backstory of her, and we actually got an interesting point from Thalia 1026. You know, I know they were technically ghost stories, but it seems an odd choice to bring Laura's trigger scent back as a plot device when one of her biggest moments in comics was overcoming the trigger, allowing her to kill Kaimura and destroy the facility, the the place where she was, quote unquote, raised or, or, you know, kind of brought up in this. It's always been a special story about overcoming trauma. So this just sticks out as strange. Do you think that this is just a one off plot device Or is editorial pushing against the Wolverine version of Laura? Taya really hopes that it's the first option.
0: I do too. I do too. I think, you know, I didn't read the rest of these, but I think these are supposed to be essentially almost like what-ifs, you know, like in these other dimensions. Because I think this is not even happening in the 616, right?
1: I don't know about that. I think these are... I, I don't know how impactful this will be on the x line whether mm-hmm. that kind of assuages your idea of is this going to affect main canon i would hope that they're not regressing the character especially as we potentially introduce a different kind of laura more on that later but it seems odd in conjunction that with was a nice little aside more on that later it seems odd, especially in conjunction with the fact of the title announcement, X-23 Deadly Regenesis, that was just announced at New York Comic Con to mm-hmm. refer to her as X-23, to bring up the trigger scent, to have this yeah. now multiple, I don't wanna, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a lot of things at once that make me question what they're doing with her as a character, especially because to ta- Talia's point, there's been a lot of great character growth, not even right. in just the last couple of years because it's been relatively limited in the last couple of years, but over Laura's arc in, in becoming Klikola. all new Wolverine, in becoming just confident in that self, in becoming this <clears throat> this person, this her relationship with Gabby. And yeah, just, I, I just I feel I like don't
0: want them to, to go backwards at all.
1: I don't either. And I feel like they're aware of what Laura means to people. So yeah, I would be surprised if they did that.
0: Overall, fun little Halloween nugget. If it had been a week of crazy amounts of comics,
1: probably wouldn't have read it. No, I would not have bought it.
0: But I am excited to to dive back into the rest because I was looking through all the art for the rest of it before I read
1: uh, Laura's story. Speaking about the art. Oh, the art. Story and art by Adam Warren. Colors by Guru VFX, Letters Travis Lanham.
0: Oh, VCs Travis Lanham. Yeah.
1: Eh. I call this Strange Academy. It's not Strange Academy. It's It's Midnight Midnight Suns. Suns. But it's basically Strange Academy. It's Midnight Suns. It's a crossover of Strange Academy.
0: Okay. It's called Midnight Suns. Number two. And Wolverine and Doctor Doom are on the cover with some of our other friends kind of in the background. We got Magic and Ghost Rider and Blaze in the corner and... You know, Nico's over there. We got them all just kind of peeking out.
1: Yeah. He's tearing into Doom, or at least trying to, as we see in this issue. The bubs hates magic, but loves a good slashing. <laughs>
0: yep. Okie dokes. Are you ready? Mm. Page turn noise. <laughs> do not look at me like that. <laughs> you shall never do the page turn noise again. i just
1: going to keep you on your toes, though. Oh,
0: my God. Written. Oh, guess what? I'm doing this one, everyone. Prophet of Doom. Dun, dun, dun. Written by Ethan Sachs. Art by Luigi Zagaria. Colors by Antonio Fabella. Letters by
1: VC oh, Josebino. Is that Joe Sabino? Joey Sabs. The Joey Sabs. Cover by David Nakayama. Oh. Mm. Mm. We met David at New York Comic Con.
0: Okay. So we're starting out. We're taking it back to Transia 1428 and look at this beauty but a young Agatha Harkness and her coven of witches one of which who happens to share the last name with Zoe who is the character from the previous issue who sort of started this whole evil mystical vision situation so
1: The Vapors of Valtor. Laveau
0: is the last name that they share. And these witches are performing a ritual to summon Valtor and bring about death to their attackers. And I really liked seeing this because... We kind of got a glimpse of this coven in WandaVision. And so it's cool to see like the actual comic version. And I also really love seeing Agatha Harkness in this place. And this is 1428 and she already only has like one strip of gray hair. So it's like, when was Agatha actually born? Like, how old is she?
1: You know, witches have that ability to suck the youths from other people.
0: Yeah, but
1: you know. She's we still love them. She's immortal.
0: We've got we there's there's a little bit of disagreement happening here, but overall we're doing we're doing the thing cut to present day. And Agatha has brought Zoe to this same place which is a used to be haven for witches, and it seems that the events of this past story that we saw and what is happening right now are connected and Agatha may be the one to have the keys. To how to survive it.
1: Past experience. I've seen this all before and you need my help to survive.
0: I do love um, really this shot too of Zoe sort of putting her medallion back on because I think it's interesting. Like I'm not exactly sure. Zoe is this like zombie character but she's also a witch and I think that that's really cool because I didn't know she was a witch from the first issue obviously because I don't read Strange Academy or anything like that. So getting this more information on her and and what's going on with her and how she fits into this world is really cool.
1: Yeah, you can. We have it. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, I fell off. I, I really did enjoy it when it started, but...
0: But you didn't stick with it. Yeah. And now we're back, okay? We're back at the Strange Academy and Doom is not messing around. Going off. He's got sassy quips and burns for all of his foes. He's just fighting, dissing, fighting dissing Fightin'
1: dissing well yeah and the team has quips and response as well you know the it just feels awfully spider-man here it's just like <laughs> we're going to talk and you're not going to listen
0: and i do really love this this epic everybody jumping in shot and you know like magic doing this little yeah, flip, flip
1: in the air super into it i just i i keep on questioning why is wolverine here you know, we're talking about magic users. We're talking about... I, I understand the the Midnight Sun's canonical connection and, and mm-hmm. even as they're putting him in the video game and just, it seems like... You know, I don't know much about his magical connections. Are Hot Claws magic? I don't know. You know I think it's because of Muramasa the thing... Muramasa Blade magic?
0: No, I think it's because of the thing that you always say is like you put Wolverine on something and it's going to sell. And that that honestly to me is... If that's the reason, I it's kind of disheartening because I think that all a lot of these characters are really cool. I mean, and interesting and people love them.
1: It's the main reason why I bought the title and It's, it's because
0: Wolverine, is in it?
1: Wolverine and magic, yeah. And right. it's the only reason I bought Crypt of Shadows is right. cuz Laura is on the cover, right, also Wolverine.
0: Okay. I'm talking about Logan. Like I wanted Crypt of Shadows because Laura was on it, not because Wolverine, a Wolverine was on it, but because I like Laura Kinney as wolverine and this book i'm interested in because of magic so i think the books could sell without logan wolverine
1: yeah but they would arguably not sell as much and i feel like that's the argument that they're going to do
0: right anyway nico is really questioning her place on this team because without her staff she doesn't really know how she fits in she doesn't really know how she can be effective in battle so she sort of like takes a back seat And then we see magic giving Doom that sass right back, which I think is really fun.
1: Furiously attacking in the face of Doom's insults.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, we've got many failed attempts of this one-on-one situation. So our team here thinks, listen, if we attack from a unified front, we've got this in the bag, no problem. And Doom is like, you fools, I have Doom bots
1: Always travel with Doombots.
0: Always travel with Doombots. It's a team effort.
1: Doom, the army builder you didn't know was an army builder.
0: <laughs> I know. I do think it's interesting that, you know, and and they say a little bit later in the issue, like, this one's the real Doom, that the Doombots just look exactly yep. like Doom. There's no differentiation there. We're back with Agatha and Zoe. And Agatha's just casually dropping bombs over here you know this apocalypse will wipe out all the non-magic users just boop no big deal we're fine because we're magic users but everyone else not so fine and you know within their conversation you've got this really nice moment of agatha just magicking some takeout for zoe to to eat but at least she she pays
1: yeah and i and i do admire zoe's desire to keep her friends and the school safe the yes. fact that you know that is her hero's calling in this uh she doesn't want just general destruction
0: no and she really wants to fully understand what's going on and not really just let agatha Take the run control. the show yeah.
1: and so, so we get our magic history lesson
0: yes we're learning that basically long long ago agatha and her coven empowered that Va- what is his name Valtor. Valtor. sorry i missed a letter in here empowered Valtor to aid any magic user that needed him. But essentially, every time he helps a magic user, it comes at a cost. And now it seems that there was a mistake that has made, been made in the past that they're going to be paying for now. Like he's become, he's owed too much. His cost is too high. And he's coming for them, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. But, she, and, and Agatha's like, we need you, Zoe. You're the key. We need your help to fix this problem. So she's in. She's ready. I love her devilish grin. And we're continuing our battle with Doom, you know? And, and, and Nico has decided, I'm going to take this Doctor Strange axe. I'm going to come in. And we get a classic diversion situation. She tosses the axe. And Doom's like, you fool, you miss. And Blade's like, ha ha. No, no, she, she didn't. didn't.
1: Smack. Coming down
0: with that axe. But then, you know, another smack to the face as Doom is not messing around. Like I said, he came here meaning business. And what I think is interesting is as we're going on with this story in this particular issue, it seems like Doom is technically on the same side as all of them. Like he wants to stop this thing, but he's going to do it in a way that's, you
1: know. Right. He wants to kill the girl, likely.
0: Right. Like, if I just kill her, everything will be fine.
1: Surprise visitor. Yeah. As a blast knocks Doom through a wall and out of the building.
0: Hello, Clea.
1: Oh, man. Just straight roasting him, too.
0: Yeah. She's like, oh, you want to come here and mess with everybody? Well, I'm here to mess with you and put you
1: in your place. I think it's just, just a drop two to call him hello victor right not doctor not doom no i'm on a first name basis i'm the sorcerer supreme not you get out
0: i did love that she was like listen i know you wish that you were the sorcerer supreme but you're not and i am so let the let me handle this but in that same situation now she's saying, Doom, get out of here. You're not going to handle this. And then she looks straight up, up at our team and she's like, Y'all are not also, handling yeah. this either. Yeah. I'm going to put you in the dark dimension and you're just going to chill here. And no matter what happens, Ileana can't get you out. You're stuck here. And uh, best of luck to you.
1: It's kind of arrogant. It's, yeah. I think that there's a bit of it that's warranted in that, you know, Clea needs to have some control over this situation as the person in this role to save our reality from threats from other realities from Mm -hmm. magical threats but to have seen the same vision that they all saw to see these five at the center of it and then to just be like no (laughs) if you're here then you're causing it so go
0: right well i think there's there's a couple of thoughts that i have on that one is that if she sees them in the vision and she Maybe is thinking, you know, if I take them out of the equation, then they can't be in the vision and then maybe the vision will be changed. And two, that is always a sense that I sort of got from Doctor Strange, like Doctor Stephen Strange, was that when he's the Sorcerer Supreme, and this is just strictly based on the MCU because I haven't really read any Doctor Strange he's comics. pretty arrogant in the comics. But like... This idea of saying, "Well, I'm the Sorcerer Supreme. I'm the one who's supposed to do it, and I must do it without anyone else's help." That seems to be kind of this almost burden that the Sorcerer Supreme puts on themselves. Like they are responsible, but they must do it themselves. They can't. They can't be the keeper of all reality without with with help, right. because then they're not the keeper of all reality or something like that. You know. So I thought that was kind of interesting, but also like. This team is only fighting doom because doom came to the school to try to kill this girl. They saw the vision and then everything exploded. They didn't be like, "Oh, I saw this vision so let's cause chaos." Right. You know, so it is a little, I think, quick to judge on Clea's point of like what they're doing and what their involvement is. She comes and she sees this craziness happening and she instantly thinks, "You guys are trouble, so I'm just You're the problem. Drop you here." What do you think? I loved it i'm all for this comic i think it's a lot of fun i love the the magic i love the history there's characters you know that i'm getting to to know more about i'm liking getting to know more about agatha and the strange academy in general and just like magic users in general and also more magic the character in my life
1: yeah I enjoyed it a lot more than the first one. I think likely because it wasn't dense with setup and it Mm -hmm. was able to just kind of play in the concept that it had brought forward. And I think, you know, good action, good storytelling in setting up this threat and then also just involving even further connections to the broader Marvel Universe.
0: Yeah. Do we have any Midnight Suns questions? Nope. No one has questions.
1: Do you have any questions?
0: Do I have any questions? you
1: led the you led the discussion, therefore, you would well, I failed be on that keeper part. of the questions.
0: I didn't keep any questions. I just took us through the comic. um, let me see well, what do you think about so specifically in this issue, Wolverine makes a comment about not really liking magic or or just being fed up with magic nonsense essentially do you think? that will play a role at all in how he interacts with the team or do you think he's going to
1: yeah i think he's pulled onto to this mission and he don't want to be there i think it connects to a lot of what he feels in the other comics that we've seen he tired He's yeah. He don't need to be in another book. He want to go to sleep. He's like, I'm sick of jumping from gate to gate. I've been trying to take a bath for weeks. I've been trying to to get a a beer beer in a tub. I've been trying to drink a beer since January, bro. Give me out of this comic. I don't got magic. You know what are we talking about? Helverine? Is that why I'm here? Is that a thing? That is a thing.
0: All right. What do you think about Nico? Do you think she's going to get her staff back? I feel like the amount
1: of pointing at the staff it has to be you know that's her hero's journey is to find her purpose yeah or to find that she doesn't need it and still can prove to be valuable to the team
0: or she finds like some other magical totem that kind of becomes her new thing is it time for x-force oh yeah Mm, x-force number 33 which is technically a Judgment Day issue. I
1: mean, it's as much of a Judgment Day issue as every one of the other X-Force issues. And that's why I love them. In that... Judgment Day is allegedly happening in the background. We see it a little bit and we mention it like once and maybe twice if you count the end.
0: But the thing I love is that they basically Ben Percy says out loud like in this. Yeah, we know Judgment Day is happening, but like I got other things going I, on.
1: I got this Craven story I wanted to do. I'm yeah. working
0: on this, you know, because he says that with like Wolverine saying to Sage, you know, like I know the Eternals are attacking, but
1: hmm.
0: I'm doing this thing over here right now. I love this cover
1: gigantic dinosaurs these
0: dinosaurs are so vicious looking yeah like the spit dripping off their teeth
1: hyper detailed gotta love josh
0: uh yeah i do i do love josh this is like put this in a frame because it's dinosaurs and x-men together
1: (laughs) and some spider-man in the sense that craven is a spider-man villain
0: okay i guess yes spider-man also here we go page turn noise
1: hunting is is the monologue you know you got to start with a good character monologue when you do a craven issue because he's gonna bring you through all your innermost thoughts on on death on the meaning of life on this search for purpose in the hunt
0: And honestly, this Craven monologue is one that I can relate to so hard because I do this stuff like I'll be driving on a bridge and I'll remind myself, okay, if your car falls off the bridge, as soon as the car starts falling, you roll down your windows because if you try to roll down your windows once your car is submerged, the pressure will not let you roll down your windows and then you won't be able to get out of the car. And So you roll down the windows and unbuckle the seatbelt immediately.
1: You think of that every time you're on a bridge? Every time. That's ridiculous. I've thought about it like once because I – thought about it and then I googled it and I was like oh all right
0: every single time that's I often and maybe it's like one of those things that has been sort of ingrained in me as a woman because when it often kind of started or I would say it started with like okay I know I'm gonna walk from here to here at night and I'm sure. gonna hold yeah, my right, keys in this particular way and like if I my phone right like I'll plot out these things that like could happen to me but I will do that with like with stuff all the time like okay if a disaster happened right now what would I do or like if I see an accident or I see something happen I'd be like okay if I was in that situation how would I? Plot I? Plot myself out of that situation so I was reading this and I was like Craven I relate to you Mm -hmm. I understand
1: but also thank you for stabbing beast in the leg
0: yes riding that t-rex
1: the hunt the I I do enjoy Robert Gill's art every time that we get to explore a new land and to see the savage land through his eyes and, and with the the violent dinosaurs and and to actually see beast in action which i yeah. feel like has been a really long time since we've seen him he's just
0: been sitting in a corner sitting in a in chair in the fat. lab i do um also really like the layouts of this art like this page in particular where the there's the mini panels that are kind of going on a diagonal and we see one image on the bottom and then this sort of like craven like hunting on the his mane his back yeah. mane it's really cool. t title page, Savager Lambs. The Hunt for
1: X, Part 4, Memento Mori. Written by Benjamin Percy, art by Robert Gill, colors, guru EFX, letters, Joe Caramagna, cover by v- Joshua Kasara and Dean White.
0: VCs, Joe Caramagna, stop doing this. Is this your new thing now? I'm going to cut Alicia off so she can't say VC. Yes. I'm just going to stop saying it then. (laughs) The only time I'll say it is for VCs, Bonchana, page turn noise.
1: (laughs) That's it. Don't get upset. I
0: am upset.
1: Well, I also, I recognize that we never actually shout out the cover artist, but we talk about the cover, so I wanted to include them, and that's when they would fall.
0: Okay, well, then you just have to take a pause so I can say VCs, and then you can say the cover artist. Do you
1: know what Memento Mori means?
0: No. What does it mean? (laughs)
1: Memento Mori is a stoic principle, so I got really ah, excited to okay. see that, and it is, a, I don't want to say it's a trope, but it is like a, a philosophy, and mm-hmm. it means to remember that you will die. Oh, interesting. And it, its I was talking about this with a co-worker. Dark. <laughs> so I was talking about this with a coworker, and he was like, wow, that's really dark. That's right. kind of a dark sentiment for a comic, but that's not the intention. It's right. to keep that in mind, and it's a lot in this comic, especially towards the end, that Keeping the memory of the fact that you will die gives your life meaning. Mm -hmm. It gives you that purpose to make the most of where you are and what you're doing in the moment because this is what you have. You don't have this forever.
0: Right. And that's also a really interesting concept when we're talking about Krakoa and resurrection and how that kind of plays into. That
1: goes against and it makes you soft and it makes you forget the purpose of your life
0: right and i think it could kind of also go to ways where it does make you you know soft and, and forget your purpose or like not or or to take things for granted but also it can send you in this other direction of being really power hungry and also you know feeling like everything is insignificant and nothing has consequences it doesn't matter so i'm gonna live forever you know Ah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> We're back.
1: Back with the dinosaurs. These are classic Jurassic Park dinosaurs. Acidy spit. Dilophosaurus. There you go. Wolverine trying to get in touch with Sage, but something's happening to the island, to the shadow room, to everything. I mean, where in the timeline is Krakoa itself getting annihilated? Because that happens.
0: I feel like so. This says. This battle takes place prior to Wolverine's involvement in AXE Judgment Day number 5, but this also feels like it's taking place like right at the beginning of Judgment Day, like right at the when first attacking. attack. Right. Yeah.
1: But then at the end, it kind of spoils the end of Judgment Day. <laughs> Oops. Oops. Sorry. I didn't want to do a Judgment Day so I'm ruining Judgment Day. It's ruined for you. Wolverine fights dinosaurs. It's pretty dope. It's so dope.
0: And then he's like, mm, these dinosaurs are kind of weird and technically dangerous. Yeah.
1: Weird, technically dangerous, not real because, well, I mean, dinosaurs. But Savage Land dinosaurs are real. Yeah. These are the shadow room, right? A hopped up version of the danger room. And the safety controls have been turned off.
0: So they can, in fact, kill. Yeah. Which is a tricky little situation. Alarm,
1: alarm.
0: Data page of repeating alarms. Yeah, stuff is happening and it's not good. Everything's going to crap. Ah, Sage. I kind of love Sage, like putting Omega Red and Deadpool Absolutely. in their place right here and being like, "Children,
1: yeah, knock it off." Well, especially just to to take control of the situation and to come upon them fighting, bickering over what had happened previously. I mean you going to get mad at Omega Red for being Omega Red?
0: Well, also, though, like Deadpool was eaten by a polar bear and left for dead. So it's kind of messed yeah, up. It's supposed no, it's to be your teammate. it's
1: definitely messed up. And just Omega Red is not a team player. He's like, like, I don't care. I am who I am. Right. That's the challenge that you take when you enlist him on your team.
0: Yes. And also we're learning that Deadpool's baby body is growing back inside his vegetable body. That
1: was ridiculous fun, especially later on. Yes. Back in our beautiful dinosaur landscapes, these third
0: Yes. And Craven is eating beasts for... You
1: know, that's how you get a taste for what you're hunting. You gotta... Yeah. No, no, Just sniff it, man. Right. No, he's... You don't need to eat it. He's snacking on beast's mane.
0: (laughs) I like that in this instance, too, Wolverine and Beast are... They're like kind of a team, but also still kind of uh, at
1: odds with each other right i mean that's what ben has talked about previously in that they are opposite sides of this coin Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's a huge thing in the kirkoan era where we're drawing new contrasts between Mm -hmm. characters right so it's always just been xavier and magneto being opposite sides of the same coin right and then we had destiny and moira being opposite sides of this Seeing the future, knowing alternate mm. pasts, right, and now you have beasts and wolverine the the head and the fist, this the the brain and tactical and the the punchy stabby, and, yeah, and especially them from a kind of philosophical standpoint of. And knowing this, that I've read the preview pages of the next Wolverine issue and Beast's involvement in that, and Wolverine bristling against it, like it feels like they're coming to a head. Yeah, something's gonna happen.
0: Well, also, what I think is interesting too is all of the setup of Krakoa of taking all the mutants and saying, "Okay, we're all we're all family now." Mm-hmm. Is kind of like, well, we would always have these hero villain opposition and now we're having opposition within the ranks a little bit deeper like you would have potentially disagreements or disgruntled relationships between like say X-Men but now you're being they're being pitted against each other in a different way because it's making the writers rethink the threats to the society because it can't just be oh like Mr. Sinister's coming for you because even though he is doing shenanigans he's technically not on the opposing side anymore he's
1: on his own side Sister right. was never to be trusted
0: maybe he was a bad example
1: <laughs> he, was, he was definitely a bad example what about exodus exodus you know sure yeah.
0: exodus he's he's mystique. now mystique uh, well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> mystique also on our own side kind of but uh, yeah, with yeah. a little bit more of a eye to the future of the nation emma emma's a great example
0: <laughs> oh goodness it does make me kind of sad that you know I really thought that this was going to be about Craven taking down Beast, and it seems that he's really, you know, he's really only using Beast as bait to get to Wolverine.
1: Right. I mean, Beast is not his game. Beast is not his goal. Beast is just, and, and the fact that Wolverine is just doing this as a courtesy. This is this is a work colleague that I have yeah, to protect. I must do this because why? <laughs> it might have been nice to see Beast die. Is that weird to feel? Nope. I feel the same. Did Craven already kill this pterodactyl and wear it as a hat?
0: Yeah, he was just doing imme- it real quick.
1: Immediately, like in the 20 seconds it took he for Wolverine. He loves
0: it. That's why it's that's why its its full body and right. it's still got blood coming off right.
1: of it. Right. I don't have time to clean and dress this.
0: I just want to wear it so I can fly to you. Maybe he used it kind of like a parasailing situation. I love that.
1: I want that.
0: <laughs> pterodactyl parasailing?
1: Yeah, just like a Sauron coat. <laughs> could be kind of cool that would be awesome and then the wings could fold over and clip like a cloak like a cloak and then so then it would be warm in the winter and then you could, you could like close Pull. the head a little bit more i'm, I'm gonna make this don't steal it <laughs> the internet, don't steal this great idea you're gonna
0: I'm, be seeing pterodactyl cloaks all over the internet now
1: i'm going to shark tank
0: go on a shark tank with this idea It's not. It's completely practical. People would use it every single day. Are
1: you kidding me? I would wear this all the time. There was a bear coat I almost bought, but I didn't have enough money in my whimsy budget. Oh, God.
0: All right. Well, Sage brought the boys over here to solve the problem. To
1: stab some more things.
0: Take care of this. Get inside that shadow room.
1: This was a preview image, this Wolverine jumping at. Craven with the bloody knife and Beast on the ground. And, you know, I was excited because I thought it meant Beast was dead. But it doesn't. it does not deliver on that, which is fine because I don't feel good about rooting for death. But at the same time, Beast is terrible.
0: I love these pages. I love the the action and the rage and the just, I don't know, it's really gritty and and raw.
1: Yeah. Well, and especially just seeing them size each other up Mm -hmm. and Craven... Having this hubris in this fight because he sees himself as this apex predator, he sees himself as this, this this consummate fighter. Yeah, and and Wolverine's like, no. While you're doing this fancy backflip, I'm gonna slash you in the abdomen and grumble, yeah. grumble, drink some whiskey.
0: But I do like that. Craven is he in, is enjoying kind of that he's getting his butt kicked a little because he's like, yeah, I don't want this to this be is what easy. I Make this difficult for me. Don't kink shame me justin (laughs) what craven gets off on. (laughs) i've never heard you say something like that
1: don't yuck my yum is the same thing
0: okay well i even though i don't like that i think i prefer it to don't kink shame me don't roll your eyes at me say whatever you want i'm sorry
1: income omega red and deadpool Little sneaky snave save with the tentacles.
0: It's interesting because they do come in and they do sort of help the situation. Like Omega Red gets beast out of there, and Deadpool's here, but instantly his veggie body is caught on fire, and he's a- just a bouncing baby body, bouncing
1: naked baby. And how did he not understand that this plant body would be flammable? I don't know. It's great. It's super funny. It just. It just doubles down on the comedy that Ben has been able to play with because of uh, because of Deadpool added to this team.
0: Yeah, I think maybe Deadpool's just accustomed to throwing his body through any situation because he can regenerate and he would just normally run through fire because he would just like pat himself out and move on. And then he was like, oh, shoot, I'm actually made of leaves.
1: (laughs) Kill me. He wants it. He wants it. Take the win.
0: Yeah. And Wolverine is not about that life.
1: No, I mean we saw him get judged. He's mm-hmm. only gonna kill when it's necessary. I mean, when it's necessary. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes.
0: So here's my question: It's very clear in this moment that Craven is eaten by a T Rex. He's chomped by a T Rex. In not,
1: half. Well, you know the the teeth are only going to stab into his no, stomach. No, that's ridiculous. It's, t rex doesn't have full look at the size of that jaw. Yeah, sure. So he's got some stab wounds.
0: Okay, at the very least he would be paralyzed. Probably. And he is not.
1: We don't know. Yeah, we do. <laughs> at the end, suspend of... your disbelief. No,
0: we do know at the end of this issue, it is revealed. Yeah. we think, oh, he's dead and then look at him. He's standing up. he's perfectly fine. He's no wounds.
1: as we wax poetic on death and the philosophies therein.
0: Well, I guess he has a little bit of a black eye, some scrapes, but his abdomen looks fine. That's because he's patched up by who?
1: By his hunters pit stop team. You know, Ugh. he's got a he's got a pit crew that they put him on.
0: Where are they?
1: In the background, off panel. <sighs> as Malarkey. we as we spoil the end of Judgment Day and everything is fine. Mm.
0: Yeah. So, is this the end of Judgment Day?
1: Got to be. The thumb is removed, or something is put in the hand, and the progenitor is frozen back into ice, and the Avengers are living in it as if nothing happened. So, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Well, I guess we'll find out how we get there next time. Next time on Judgment Day. New frontiers, and that's the second.
0: Now, the Wolverine one was new something as well, right? Right, New missions or new assignments or yeah. So. That's interesting. New, new
1: directives or something like that? Mm, yeah. Because that was more of an involvement with Beast because Beast is on the cover too. Yeah. So but interesting. This, this is uh, Sevier Blackmore in space. In space. You remember Sevier, the pirate guy? From oh, yeah. That's Solomark. And Maverick is on this team. Ooh. Maverick Domino, who we haven't seen in a long Domino, time.
0: Domino, what's up, girl?
1: Yeah, right? How are you, you
0: doing? I mean i love x-force i love ben percy's writing i think the team dynamics are really fun the art was really great a super action-packed overall really fun issue to read and i loved the you know nods to we know judgment Day is going on but we're focusing on this other story and you know i'm really interested to see what ends up happening with wolverine and beast
1: yeah uh I liked it. I, it felt like a little neatly wrapped up, right? Ooh. And I guess that that's going to happen. It's comics. That's what always is going to happen mm-hmm. is that, you know, Craven is going to cause a big scare, but he's not going to... I, I Think about, though, the impact that he had in this arc, the killing of all those eggs. Yeah. Even a handful of other mutants that are now longer there because we don't have full capacity of eggs mm-hmm. and going to have to rebuild those stores. I, I just... One of the things that really stuck out to me in this issue in particular was Sage's command over some of the more unruly members Mm -hmm. of the team. And to be able to really be more of a tactical leader who also is in the field calling the shots. Like Beast was nothing in this issue. Beast was a drunk baby that needed to be cared for. Beast was just, hey, Wolverine, save me and shepherd me to safety because I can't do anything on my own. Look, my knee hurts. I've been stabbed. Yeah. Like, I I just feel like, especially with what we see brewing in the back and forth disagreements of Beast and Wolverine, the connections forming between Sage and Omega Red, mm-hmm. like there is. And maybe it's just my wishful hoping because
0: no, Beast is going down. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. You know? uh,
1: I, and I'm here for it. I'm excited about that. It's just, yeah, we're we're getting some a new story before we get to the. Peacock Man.
0: Dun, dun, dun. I can't wait to get to the Peacock Man.
1: We've been waiting since issue one. Yeah. Eric Hoffman said, X-Force was okay. I just thought Beast would get whooped up more. And hard same.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was really looking forward to Beast being taken down. But at the same time, I think what's interesting about this is it got people excited for the fact, right? Like revving us up for Beast to be taken down. But I think it's going to be much more satisfying in the end for the X-Force team to be the ones that take him down and not just, you know, a rando.
1: It reminds me of Abigail Brand dying and having to be resurrected because Mm. of the attack on Araco. Right. And then the real story coming when Cable and WizKid discover what she's been up
0: to. Yeah, it's just going to be so much more satisfying for, you know, his teammates
1: to be the one. Don't tease me.
0: Is it time? It's time. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. X-Men number 16. Book of the week. Oh, my gosh. We've got this cover. Just so, just Forge with a little cow band. Yeah, this he's is... kind of
1: like half smiling. This <sighs> team up, this darkness, the, the X-Men logo faded in the background.
0: Yeah, it's really great. I'm super into it.
1: The trading card cover yep. with Havoc on it.
0: Havoc on the front.
1: Little connected to this issue he had some some things He's going got on. some
0: things to do in here He
1: was definitely on the team in this he issue
0: He was 100% on the team. Are you ready? Oh yeah. Page turn noise
1: The suit makes the mutant Mr. Sinister. Oh man. This mad science meeting. I love it. I do too. I I just, you know, if you're gonna embrace everything that quote-unquote mutandom, because he made himself a mutant, anyway, has to offer, then, you know, these types of meetings should happen. Right. Uh, Probably not off the books and making backdoor dealings, but... Right. The thing is, I think it's so interesting,
0: is that I'm questioning, like does the council know that forge is doing no. this or just xavier well right because it would have to go to a full council vote but does xavier still know
1: i don't think so xavier has tasked forge to handle this problem
0: without in telling the same him. way
1: that he doesn't know the details of what beasts doing in <laughs> if
0: i don't know you're doing it then i can't be responsible exactly but i think this is a dangerous setup here with forge saying listen do it this way And then I owe you one. Like you do not want to owe Sinister anything. Especially
1: someone like Forge that has the ability to literally, hey, Sinister, what kind of crazy schemes do you have?
0: Right. Like how do you say, oh, yeah, I owe you one, but not that one. Right. (laughs) I'm not going to do that one.
1: And then what happens? Right? Does Sinister go back on on what he would keep secret? Or right? A, that's just, a, that's a dangerous
0: game. But Borge. how excited
1: am I to see these treehouse bonsais?
0: Oh my God! Look at look at look at all that! Many many treehouses. There's a whole city of treehouses.
1: I love it. It's just what's he up to? What's he doing? Three names. The quickness of eating a physical note lets you oh know he's God. done this before. <laughs>
0: It's like, ew, Sinister, yuck. You need eat that nope, paper? No paper trail. No evidence.
1: I love the difference with Caliban's powers. So that's mm-hmm. what we're talking about here. Yeah. This, this third name is going to be difficult because his mutant gift resides in his mind. So I'm not going to be able to... I can't just take his DNA. Right. right. So uh, we need something more. Do you have access to a cradle? Um, mustache, mustache, mustache.
0: <laughs> don't worry about it.
1: And then I I don't know if how long this has happened where forge's bandana has has a diamond diamond on it i don't know if that was just intentional uh for this arc but i I guess i want to look back to see how long has he been rocking the diamond
0: yeah because i was like "Mm, i don't recall that but i guess i've never looked that closely
1: don't you corrupt my forge nathaniel
0: and already right before we get to the title page i'm already loving the issue yeah and we're here. Title page. Steal Back the Future.
1: The Mutant We Left Behind. Written by Jerry Duggan. Art by Joshua Kassara. Colors, Guru, EFX. Letters, Clayton Coles. VCs Clayton Coles. Cover, Martin Kokocolo and Jesus Arbortov.
0: Look how easy that was. Look how smooth it went. After we talked about it. Yes, here we go.
1: Also, it's just Clayton Coles.
0: <laughs> I... <laughs> choose to not have this argument and carry on with this beautiful art
1: yeah look at this this is so cool it's so gorgeous this this panel of the fly over the inside of the vault was one of the preview pages
0: it's so cool to see the details of the city within the vault and i think the colors are really beautiful
1: yeah the caliban protesting because this all right so and i've still seen people reacting negatively to what forge has done to caliban mm-hmm. and how much you know there's the question of how much can you trust this conversation is he being truthful with the fact that you were excited about it? the glee on caliban's chest face yeah to be able to use his power in such a positive way makes yeah. me really believe that even if even if there was some manipulation, the fact that he's okay with it now and he's excited about it now and and just the prospect of saving someone who has been left behind, like, I, I am okay with this.
0: And I also was thinking about it and I was like, okay, so there's the question of, well, why doesn't he remember? And it's the idea that your backups only happen so often. So if he was essentially... Having a conversation, so let's say he met Forge and he got backed up, and they they started having this conversation, right? And then his backup was completed before he agreed to.
1: Yeah, there is some questionability of like, but yeah,
0: but you, but it. Even Nightcrawler was saying like, you don't remember the death part; you only remember that you had a life and now you're resurrected. So, and so, if if the death part happened in a non backup time then of course he's not going to remember to agreeing to this.
1: Yeah. I just, it's interesting to think of did Forge kill Caliban to then resurrect him as this suit component?
0: Maybe, but
1: I feel like it was like a... I'm not insinuating as a negative thing. I'm right, just but more I'm saying like I a, think it
0: was like an agreement. Like right. I'm, you, you're going to like kill me in some kind of humane way and then I'm going to be resurrected like this and then when we're done with this suit situation, I'm going to go out again and then come back. Mm. I don't know, I think it's I think it's okay. I think Caliban's in on it, and I'm not worried. He just he's so smiley. He's so happy.
1: all right, everybody, shut up. It's business time.
0: we're gonna I didn't tell Mystique about this part though, so and the fact that he says that that he's like, well, I talked to you, but I didn't tell Mystique that I was doing this. so well,
1: I think that's the difference of use, right? right? So Mystique was one of the two that Sinister was able to provide right. Forge had to work on his own part, so with Caliban that's more of a conversation mm-hmm. it's still that part is still questionable using mutant gifts without the person it it's just once you start doing that right when where, do where does it end but also at the same time and and I don't know I it feels weird but it also it's a, like a narrative that's fictional right is this where they need to be going is this just another shade of chimeras is this just how do you apply is this worse than quentin choir resurrecting his dna over the husks of other characters so that he can test drive those bodies right no
0: i don't think it's worse i think it's it's more of a conversation of like hey y'all like we're putting everybody's powers in a pool to be able to use for mutant technology and like yeah yeah and i feel like that's a different conversation
1: that's not happening that probably should have yeah but at the same point, I'm like, this is cool.
0: Yeah, it is cool, yeah.
1: The suit makes the mutant.
0: And uh, Forge is going in. Yeah. I like the way he kind of says Struts, hi to them. Yeah. And they're like,
1: Well, okay. and also Serafina is the one that we see stalking him, right? And mm. Serafina was the initial... Child of the Vault oh, that we saw right. in X Men Number One, Jonathan Hickman's version that yes. was saved from that Orca's facility.
0: Yes. she's always been
1: someone that we've been following. Yes, she's the one that saw Forge enter the Vault at the end of last issue.
0: Ah, now brother
1: we're time.
0: now we're here for some brother time. Brother time, and this is what. This is some bomb dropping. This is some burns going. This is, you never wanted me on this team. And it's like, yeah, you're right. I, no, didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Why is that surprising? I wanted Forge on this team, and Forge wanted to get back at me, so he voted for you on the team, and now you're here.
1: Right. I just, I love that Havoc is complaining that Forge isn't a cannon while also being a loose cannon the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like he's just going off. This It's got to be a parallel. His instability is an interesting, albeit repetitive, story point as we head into the Maddie conflict of Mm -hmm. Dark Web.
0: Oh, basically, you know, the team's just chilling. Iceman's like, listen, this is just brothers being brothers. Everything's going to be fine. Nothing bad is going to happen. Oh, wait.
1: He threw all his weight behind you as a joke to get back at me. I mean, I know it's brothers, and brothers are a little bit painfully honest with each other in that way, but Cyclops, you got to... Take a little bit of personal responsibility over the situation that you are egging on a somewhat unstable person in your right, brother right. to explode.
0: Because I, when I saw this happen, and then it's like, okay, Havoc punches Cyclops, then his visor breaks, and then this is why this child of the Vault is released. I was like, now all of this is Havoc's fault. This is all going to be blamed on Havoc. But really, yeah, Havoc needs to get his emotions under control and learn how maybe do some anger management. Yeah, but cyclops was definitely Egg pushing him, him towards that breaking point for sure
1: oh, i just i love that shot i love that shot of yeah him getting punched in the face
0: that whole sequence of just the way that this is laid out where the shot happens and then the beam goes across and then
1: perro comes out and 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 just realizing yeah. the lie that he's been fed over all this time and that his conquest was a, a a ruse
0: right and even though you know I don't know how much weight this moment will have in the future because they do end up getting him back into his little stasis pod I don't care because just being able to see this action unfold and have the team do something fun while Forge is in there you know like thinking okay they're not just gonna sit here while this happens they're gonna have this little stubble moment that they need to take care of yeah it's cool and who knows? Maybe it'll come back. Maybe it'll come out of stasis.
1: Well, it was also interesting, to. So I'm pretty sure this tracks in the comics. I'm pretty sure I, I can think of a specific moment where Havoc and Cyclops' powers don't affect each other. Ah, And it, it's often chalked up to the fact that they're brothers or that they draw their power from a similar area uh, in the same way that banshee and black tom as family their powers don't Mm -hmm. doesn't often affect each other this
0: is what we were talking about why like rogue would be able to have a baby and not kill her baby because familial
1: potentially yeah Mm -hmm. right so the fact that he goes for this sucker punch to the face as cyclops is walking away is it's just it's fun and it makes sense narratively yeah but unleash perro as he just takes down so much of this team yeah it's iceman really in shatter
0: yeah it's really a a moment to say this is why we need to do what we're <laughs> right. doing with the children of the vault because this is one of them
1: exactly and, and curls calls it out just the fact that how many how many omegas how many of this team are needed to take down one child of right
0: the vault? it's so many
1: <laughs> just to use iceman as this dagger
0: pick i love everyone being like stop using my friend's leg as a weapon right and magic just plopping firestar to the avengers real quick
1: right which i you know it's it's fun because she saves firestar right warland points out like why why is she teasing firestar for being an avenger when she technically was an avenger of sorts in the savage avengers well she says
0: that right she's like the avengers are my friends too
1: right right and i don't think it's like you know Where she goes to it, maybe that's a subconscious, like, this is how I associate you. This right. is Right, and I'd also,
0: it's like a spur of the moment. What's the first place I thought of? Boom, Avengers.
1: Also, look at the difference, and I don't know if that's because, that must be because of Firestar's power, but the difference in the stepping discs.
0: Well, I think it also has to do with the fact that Eliana's power is, exactly. is different, right? Like, she's still pulling it maybe from Limbo, but well,
1: that's, that's now
0: she's got this gold armor and this...
1: Well, that's what I'm trying to bring up is the fact that that connection to limbo has changed mm-hmm. since the labors of magic is yeah.
0: over. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's getting in on it. Iceman's recuperated. His giant fist is gonna...
1: Yeah. The fact that we do get a little bit of a brother team up. Hey, don't hold back. This guy is terrible. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I I, I didn't even mention it, but the... The one moment when Havoc is trying to apologize and Cyclops is like, not right now. We have something now unfolding. Call the situation. Right. He immediately pulls himself out of this back and forth with his brother to go to work, basically.
0: Right. And I think it's interesting, too, because I think we've all had those moments where we just get irrationally angry about something and then we are like oh my god i shouldn't have done that and like there's just this feeling of guilt and especially knowing like what's happening with paro at this moment of just i need to let you know that i'm sorry that this happened because i can't focus because i just feel so guilty right so i do i do feel bad for havoc i feel like he kind of always gets the short straw and he's always the the fall you know He's a, it's always it's always Havoc's fault. Right.
1: Everyone is very quick to turn and say, like, come on, man. Why would you go and do that? Right. Like, well, well I, you know, there, I agree that there should be some blame on Cyclops for. for really yeah. Egging him in this situation, like this is not the time. Right. for This type of reveal on details.
0: Right. And so I also feel like in that moment when Cyclops is like, this is not the time. That's like him self-correcting himself as well. Being like, nope, we we messed up. We had a fight and it caused this. And now we need to fix this problem gene shush shush, shush. Yeah. go to sleep it was all a nightmare
1: i can mul- I, I don't know do you think that it's settled do you think i feel like it i don't is.
0: know i feel like it was wrapped up nicely but i also feel like nothing is unintentional sure so we'll just have to see where the story of the children of the vault goes right, you know because i
1: feel like the real story is what's going on With what Serafina will do to Mm -hmm. Forge, or if she's getting some backup as he's going into the inner workings of the vault. Yes. It's just interesting to see how unstable this team is so early on in the game.
0: Well, they... We have to remember they're new, right? They're still new. They haven't had a lot of time together. For
1: the most part. I mean, they're new in terms of this makeup. But you have three of the original X-Men working together. Mm -hmm. Havoc that was added to the team shortly after. I know that there's some brother animosity between them. You have the connection points between Iceman and Firestar. Magic's kind of a wild card, but she also has a great relationship with Cyclops and their collaborations. Like, these... It's a new team in the sense that they have never been in this configuration before, but they're classic characters that have worked together in various capacities, except for Sync, who is not even in this issue. He's off right. on the side. And for the most part, Forge, who has worked in different capacities, but again, not really in this issue, in right. the team dynamic like this right. group here
0: should be able to get it together
1: a little bit or at least be aware of how their optics are affecting literal optics cyclops are affecting each other yes morning
0: oh man (laughs) morning (laughs) yeah that you don't say morning to me you just walk on through
1: fort knox of their gene collection
0: oh my goodness goodness gravy and we're just these pages right. oh my god so we're here we sense this mutant
1: Caliban's on. us closer
0: let's go on to get him we're gonna get darwin and we're gonna bring him home i love this conversation too of like have you ever felt dumb forge right, right right and he's like no not smart. really and then oh um well and
1: especially just will onboard Darwin into life support and be out, outbound in less than five minutes. The, we don't know who the third mutant is. Right. We don't know who the third mutant as a part of the suit is and what capabilities that brings to Forge. Mm. That's not been revealed. It's Mystique and Caliban.
0: Right. So who is the third? And who's
1: the third? We don't know.
0: Oh, God. And Last page reveal. There she is.
1: Well, today is definitely one of those days. Laura Kinney is the mutant we left behind, not Darwin.
0: Ugh. And I'm really intrigued as to, like, what's going on with her? Like, is she in some sort of dream? Because she's got one fist of claws
1: out. Right. Some dream, some manipulation. Are they somehow, is is this why? You you think of how the children of the vault operate. They are improving themselves. It's kind Mm -hmm. of like sinister, but on a more grander scale. Yeah. Right? So he's cloning new versions of himself with what he's learned, what he's added. The children of the vault are working in collaboration with the vault to improve on themselves, to level up. They, in that issue 18 and 19 of Hickman's X-Men, mm-hmm. seemingly disintegrated Darwin with their tests and, and things that they were doing to him to utilize his genes and make them stronger. So what are they doing with Laura right now? Yeah. Just knowing what she has in terms of powers that they can use and, and obviously there's the just a lot of feelings about her being here what's happening to her
0: it's really uh, one of my first thoughts was Sink and Laura can finally be together
1: That's, that opens up a whole lot of questions right these, so many questions field notes from Forge hey let's uh, move Darwin to the top of the queue because we messed up Yeah. Uh... so uh, we need to talk about I just want
0: Justin has walked out of the room and I feel as though we should include this in the podcast if you happen to hear that little knocking um, Galactus has arrived he is a, needs a signature and I am currently staring at the door because I want to see the size of this box I'm actually gonna take a little video right now If I can get it together in time. Okay, here we go. Galactus has just arrived. You can hear the FedEx truck whirring in the background. We're mid-podcast episode recording. Patiently waiting. We're not going to record the rest of the episode right now, but that's okay. Justin doesn't know what I'm doing. It's here, it's here. Okay. Okay. The door is closed. I think he's about to come up the stairs. Can he even carry it up the stairs? Look, there's Mark Robert. He's awaiting his newest friend, Galactus. I hear him. He's making moves. Oh my God, just a small box. (laughs) And here, Galactus has arrived y'all.
1: Did you freak out a little bit about Life Finds a Way?
0: I think that was probably one of my most favorite moments. I was like, I'm getting two dinosaur elements in one week of comics. I'm getting actual dinosaurs, and then I'm getting a Dr. Ian e. Malcolm quote.
1: Right. I think it's interesting, and I want to call it out. I think Warline points it out in the questions about them wanting to bring in Reed and Tony. Just acknowledging the other Marvel Universe big brains and also wanting to bring them in on something this large. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're going to have some I don't know, moral quandaries, but at the same time, like how do you how do you sell that story of this is what would have happened?
0: Right. And it's also just interesting because of where they stand right now with with the other people feeling like miffed because they didn't get involved in resurrection. They didn't know what was going on. They felt blindsided by it. So now saying like, "Hey, we're including you." In this kind of big conversation that we're having.
1: In this thing that we've already kind of done.
0: It's already happened, but we've made a mistake and we need your help to fix it.
1: Sorry. Sorry. Well, next issue is reunion.
0: Yeah, which was like, love is in the air.
1: What were your big picture?
0: Big picture? I thought this issue was really great for so many reasons. Um, I loved the journey into the vault and seeing kind of the story that's being told in your face and then the story that's being told through the images of like what's happening with Serafina and just sort of like this creepy feeling of what's going on in the vault. And then I did love the team dynamics and the action. And then this moment right here, I mean, I think we talked about it one time on the podcast where I was like, what if it is Laura? Like what if Laura is still alive? And I was – really excited and very also in shock like i i had a very like jaw literal jaw drop like gaping like oh my god i i sent justin a picture of myself and i was just i was just not well
1: (laughs) it's a big last page reveal
0: it's huge and it brings up so many questions like What does this mean for current Laura? What does this mean for like resurrection in general?
1: And I feel like that's the successfulness of this as a last page reveal is that you don't know what the next step is. You don't know what they're going to do with this. You don't even know if Forge is going to make it out. Right. right? Because he's getting stalked by one of the children in the vault who at this point I would assume has contacted some other folks to prepare for the hey we got a mutant posing as one of our own. And there's also some shady stuff going on outside.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely questionable.
1: I really like this issue. I think in my heart, I wanted this issue to be the rest of the story, Mm -hmm. and and that I kind of set myself up for. I don't want to say disappointment because I enjoyed like literally everything about this issue. I loved Forge and Sinister. I thought that like that was I loved it in a way that it's interesting, but also I didn't love it in a way that it's. Just Forge's is going down a road. It's not as bad as I thought it was, mm-hmm. hopefully, because I'm taking Caliban's joy at its word in that he was actually really excited to be able to use his powers for good. Mm-hmm. But to be in this agreement, this gentleman's agreement with Mr. Sinister, who has his own dirty dealings going on in the background right. that Forge doesn't know about, right. Like this is a point that Sinister can't reset. Right, and, which I guess is a good thing that he can't go back further. He can't kill that Moira, right? Because now he wants that. Because if I'm sinister, I want that gift from Forge. That that <sighs> anything that you ask for,
0: right? And where does it does it say in here where this plays? No, because it's not a Judgment Day issue, no, it's right? After the
1: fact, yeah, this is after Judgment Day. This
0: is after Judgment Day. So then, like, yeah, what does it all mean? I don't know. It's it's absolutely bananas. Like all of it is bananas, and I'm sure we got eight hundred questions about this one. Yeah. Because I have 800 questions. Yeah.
1: I think this me wanting this to be a one and done mm-hmm. is just me being conditioned to the fact that all of these stories last year were one and done. Mm. This is likely going to be the longest arc that Jerry has told in the X-Men issue because I believe if it's organized by who is the artist or who's the art team, mm-hmm. this is going to be a four issue arc. Okay. Cool. We do have questions. Let's get we them. Have statements too. The positive fan was floored by that last page reveal. Same. Same. Big same. Huge same. Thalia 1026 wants to know, was the Infinity comic where clone Eenie asks Laura to kill her so that the original can live foreshadowing? Ooh. In Laura's case, I can't ever see an older version of her not wanting to protect her younger self from the trauma by allowing the younger slash clone version to live. Wow. I can't tell which version of Laura will survive this story. What do we think?
0: Oh, my God. I think that is the most amazing connection ever. Good for you for thinking of that. That's so dope. And, I mean, I wouldn't put it past them for this to have been some sort of foreshadowing because of the way that they all, like the ex-slack and the way everything is, is plotted out.
1: Yeah, how long they've been working on some of these stories.
0: I feel like... It all depends on what this Laura's story is, you know? Like, if there's, because it could go either way. It could be that exactly what you're saying, like the older Laura, this vault Laura could be like, I've lived long enough. I've suffered long enough. Like, I don't want you to have these memories. Like, I don't want us, Laura, to have these memories, to have this going and to say, like, kill me so you can keep living. But on the other hand, what if this Laura is, like, longing for sync and wanting sync back? And then there's that moment of – this and and the lore that we know knowing that sync wants that too and that she's not that person and 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 just and, what
1: sync is going to do you know right. like to, to what think of the other side do? of the conversation when he finds out that this is what is inside the vault you know he's going to come back he's, he's yeah. obviously he's going to be brought in he's going to be there when forge potentially brings right cuz they were calling him Red. in they were, they were bring like bring
0: in, in sync oh my gosh yeah it's going to be bananas but that's a really cool connection
1: um, to complicate things a little bit further, Excellent. and she points this out, there is a cover for Murder World Wolverine that was released this week mm-hmm. that includes both of them on the cover. <gasps> because I think that that's also a possibility. That they just both live? They just both live. Like, yes, I know that that has been a pre-stated rule that you can't have multiple versions of someone. We couldn't have young Cable and old Cable. But those were two different points. And, you know, it's,
0: Time points of the same
1: person. Right, right, right. This is technically, and it's someone who has a history of cloning, it's right? So,
0: that's so complicated. It's like a clone of a clone of a clone.
1: Right. Well, I mean, she's not really a clone of Logan. She's like half clone, yeah. half daughter, right? Test tube, baby. Sure. And then, uh, well, no, not really. I mean, not to not to derail it even further, <laughs> but it was Logan's DNA carried by the scientist who then uh, right, birthed Laura. Right. Laura. Um, but the cover also includes three different versions of Logan Wolverine himself, like a feral version from the 90s and what looks like the original first appearance of Logan. So. Oh,
0: God. We got to get that stupid costume back again? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm so sick of it. It's so gross. I hate it. I, I
1: like it. But anyway. I like it how much it upsets you. Yes,
0: <laughs> I know. But yeah, that is just taking complications to the next level.
1: Because if you think about it, you talk about what, what makes an individual a different person. And you think yep. about the sacrifice that this Laura did for for the nation of Krakoa yeah there's no other than just this flimsy rule saying that two versions of one person can't live right that's there's the nothing only stopping thing saying it. it right this is a this is a completely different person this, this is someone yeah. that has had 500 years of experience I know. a love and a relationship with someone that and white
0: had, hair strike
1: right like that there's I, I'm voting that both of them stay
0: yeah no it's so crazy
1: Warline wants to know if we think that Clone Laura and Vault Laura will merge, so that Marvel doesn't erase last year's development of character. I, I'm not sure how how they, do they that. would
0: would they merge. That would have to be some sort of like Cerebro backup, right? And they wouldn't essentially merge. So, like it would still be killing one of them, right?
1: You would. You would, technically have to kill, kill both, both of, of them, them and then create a new Laura and then just put the merged file into that Laura. I
0: feel like that would make some really complicated things because because current Wolverine Laura doesn't feel the same way about certain things that we know that potentially Vault Laura does, or also like there's a whole nother flip side. Like what if Vault Laura now hates Sync because she, she got left behind?
1: I th- well, I think if anyone, she hates the people that put her there. Right. She let him go. Like she pushed him to right. go. That was that was her sacrifice. And, and I don't think that she would, especially with how much that he was by himself in that vault and, right. and conscious. yeah that it wouldn't be that way working to rescue her working to then rescue darwin i don't think that's gonna happen
0: and then she clearly has some answers or some keys to how to take down the children of the vault like she's got to
1: i don't know it's the last time we saw her she was being captured by the children of the vault so i don't know if she's actually had any ability to like has she been unconscious for all this time this is so complex and in this pod, is that preventing her from aging further? Right, because that's the suit. That's part of the suit. In Forge, is that he's able right. to not be affected by? Right.
0: Well, she's aged. Yeah.
1: Oh my God. Curls wants to know if Laura's recall of the vault will differ from Sinks. I'm worried about what will be revealed. Mm, that's like interesting. Remember.
0: Like the, the opposing, like two sides to every story situation.
1: Right. Right and we've only technically seen or or been experiencing sync version. Side.
0: Yeah, I mean there's there's probably things that will be revealed, but I feel like it will be more like added information than conflicting information.
1: Yeah. And honestly, I would like to cuz then you have the opportunity to do flashback stories in mm-hmm. the vault.
0: Inside the vault, which is super dope.
1: Girls also said Alex hates Scott as much as Alicia does. <laughs> You don't hate Scott now, do you? Girls
0: gets me. No, but I think, you know, Scott annoys me like a family member annoys me. And I think I can relate to wanting to blow up and punch my brother in the face for saying something like, you're only here because someone wanted to annoy me.
1: Well, Yeah, I mean, Scott totally deserved that. (laughs) The Pikachu is wondering if Alex's behavior is related to the upcoming dark web event. With him being influenced by Maddie. Mm. Like, is he being egged on by Already.
0: her? Already. Yeah, right. maybe. But also I don't think
1: I don't, so. I don't know. Like it, it would be an interesting thing to look at retroactively mm-hmm. You know, as we go a couple issues further. And if we... Because the X-Men story is a main part of the dark web. Right? Yes, it is a it's going to be big. And their involvement in general is a core to the event itself. And so... And even with that last... Cover reveal is... Maddie and havoc holding hands, like yeah. she has power over, over him, him. Has had power over him. So yeah. is that already starting to take hold?
0: <sighs> it could be. Somebody go to Marvel and get a timeline. We need it. Yeah, they're not going to give it to us, but
1: no. I, I just, I feel like it can't be. I feel like it, it shouldn't be, because where that disagreement came from seemed natural. Mm-hmm. That seemed yeah.
0: like that seemed
1: like just more in relation to the reveal that Scott had of just like the only reason you're on the team is to piss me off. Right. Which was... this is rude. Michael Fox wants to know, what are we going to do about Havoc? He also called out Gene looking scary while talking down Scott about Sink and Havoc, echoing Scott's words to the progenitor that Gene is the only one that can judge him.
0: Mm. I mean, I do think that that is interesting because I did notice like that darkness, like her face was like shrouded in darkness when she was kind of behind him in that, in that image. So that is interesting. But I don't know, like... Saying what are we going to do about Havoc kind of feels back to what I was saying before that like, oh, this is all Havoc's fault. Like I think Havoc, who knows, maybe he'll like quit the team and be like, oh, I don't belong here and you guys don't actually want me here. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's less what are we going to do about him and more what is he going to do? Like how is he going to process what happens? And that I don't know. I do feel like people are going to blame him for this and – there may be some kind of continued falling out between him and Scott after the fact, but I kind of feel bad for him.
1: Yeah, no, I kind of do too. And I feel like he's been in a rough spot. <laughs> Warlion loved that Havoc punch, Scott. I think he was expecting that because in his heart, he's also a great leader when he's not being messed up. And being around Scott while he's a mess makes him hate himself or the circumstances. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? The fact that uh, you know little yes. brother syndrome—it's or- so
0: hard to be feeling good about yourself when you are comparing yourself to
1: constantly this other person,
0: right? right? So I think it's it's only natural that he's going to feel even more self doubt when he's constantly being compared and put in situations with his brother.
1: Our last two points are about sinister, sinister and forge, right? Mm. So Warline follows up. With loving Cassara's Sinister, Mm -hmm. looking creepy as if he was the scary pre-Gillen Sinister, and that made him miss OG Sinister a lot. Yeah. Which I I would agree that campy Sinister is a ton of fun, and I'm here for it. But man, Sinister as a villain, especially because he is coming into his own as a villain. Right. He's getting back there. And he's been doing it in the shadows all along. So I just, I, I feel like... The fact that we can get both. We can get Mm -hmm. the best of both worlds. He can have his terrible, evil villain self and be a be a campy fun guy. Yep. And wise guy was wondering if he's missed something. Like this is a hard turn for Forge's character. Were there signs? Just this going to I don't know. It's it's just when you've been asked to make all of these types of machines, these big picture things, he's thinking whatever it takes constantly. Right. He's being pushed. From various governments and I think he says something to that effect of how will they use my gifts right he's going back to the initial gun that he created that strips a mutant of their powers and just still the regret that he carries because of that
0: yeah I think what's interesting is also Forge seems to have been spending so much time by himself that he may have let like his theories and his thoughts and his plans like take it too far and take it over him and so it's less about like a character change and it's more about like this bubble of I must complete this task I must solve this problem I've got to do whatever it takes and then this pressure from Xavier of like you need to do it and you need to get it done and I don't want to know how you did it and right. so that automatically puts like a a spin of well maybe I can cross some lines that I wouldn't normally cross
1: maybe I can trust Nathaniel Essex probably not though Probably not Ooh, it was a short week, but that was a good it. Week. Was
0: a hefty week, right. like a lot of emotional <laughs> intensity.
1: We got some big Criccohen works next week
0: coming up. What do we got?
1: Judgment Day number six, the last of the main event.
0: Ooh, okay, let's go. Let's, let's go. go. Just I'm end, ready it. For end, for it, it. end it. Uh-huh, let's get I've it, I've been down. enjoying
1: uh-huh, it, but uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, I'm ready uh-huh. for something else.
0: Take me to something else, dark web, sins of sinister, yeah,
1: yeah. Wolverine number 26. Okay. A little influence from Beast. I've seen Deadpool in the preview pages as well. Yay. The full gang, New Mutants 31, a new creative team, okay. a new direction. Okay, cool.
0: I'm really excited to see where that goes.
1: And Exterminators number two. Yes. Uh, I can't That's going to be a solid week all around.
0: Yeah. Overall, this week was amazing. I really enjoyed these comics. I had a great time reading them. I had a great time taking notes on them, and I couldn't wait for us to talk about them. And burning. I also really love getting y'all involved in the conversation. I think that is one of my favorite parts of how the podcast has developed is is getting – feedback and questions and thoughts from all of you because it just gives us more to chew on and more to talk about and more perspectives to think about. So everybody that sends in questions and comments, like, thank you so much for being a part of that. And all the people who have conversations with us and support us on Patreon, like, we really love that too. And and all of this is just so fun and I love nerding out with you guys every week.
1: You're the best. You're
0: the best. So it is with a heavy heart that I say, until next time, old friend. Charles! Bye! Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends.
1: The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Kwan.